0: Welcome to Fantasy Island Fantasy Football Edition week number six recap. What's going on, guys? How are you doing today? That's what I'm talking about. We got some energy popping today. We're really going to go through everything. We're going to talk about week six, all the blow-ups that happened, all the shits that took, everything else that went down, injuries, of course, guys going forward into week seven who you need to plug into your lineup, who you need to sit their ass on the bench. But we're just going to go ahead and get into it. What do you say, guys? Why don't we just get started today? There's a lot of stuff we got to get to. So we're just going to get into our fantasy matchups coming into week seven. We had a couple different options throwing around here. We just couldn't make our mind up some really good fantasy matchups out there. So we're just going to talk about a couple of them. We're going to go through them rather quick, but we're just going to throw it out there. Seahawks and Chargers. Bombo, just give me a quick little rundown. What do you think the best fantasy matchup on both sides?
1: Wouldn't have been the the premier matchup at the beginning of the year, but it's turned into Geno Smith versus Justin Herbert. We're seeing some really good quarterback play coming out of Geno Smith. He's utilizing his weapons. And now they have a running game. So with that running game, it's going to open up a lot more things for the passing game because they have to respect Kenneth Walker the third, right? And then we're seeing right now that Herbert is due for a big game. The Chargers are winning games. A lot of it's on the back end, on, on, on the hands of Eckler. But it's it's time for Herbert to to put up or shut up for a lot of his fantasy owners because this guy was getting drafted real high, and, and he should have been because he's a big game at any time. We're just waiting to see it. So give me the quarterback matchup in that one.
0: Absolutely, and these guys are balling out. You know, Gino's really tearing it up, and like I said, he's actually probably doing better than Russ is doing in Denver, you know, at fucking a tenth of the price. So, I mean... T, what do you think? Seahawks, Chargers, who's your fantasy studs on both sides, man? Who do you think going to ball out for the Seahawks and who's going to ball out for the Chargers? For me, the Seahawks, it's got to be Kenneth
2: Walker. The guy is legit. He's a stud. He proved it this week. The first half was electric. Second half, he kind of struggled, but I don't think they used him properly after the second half. But for me, it Kenneth Walker on the Seahawks. Chargers can't stop anything, so I really don't see them doing much. They have to figure out how to get Eckler kind of more involved other than being a receiver from the Chargers standpoint because last week it was nothing but him being a receiver. He was no threat running. So
0: really I want to see both of those guys really go head-to-head. I don't know. I'd love to see a good matchup. Yeah, I mean, I agree, but to me I sort of think that the key component here, guys, is the receiving course. And really, what's going to happen there? I mean, the Chargers were a little bit exposed in their last game and Mike Williams got shut down. It's basically shut down Mike Williams and they've got nothing else. And I'm not really sure if the Chargers secondary can really match up good with the guys and the weapons that they have in Seattle right now. And J.C. Jackson got benched in the second half of of the last game. He is not playing well. Derwin James isn't playing well. So these guys aren't playing well together. They're studs. They're all athletes, and they're great. You know, they had great college careers, and they had great individual notoriety, I guess, but they're just not gelling together. And teams are running the ball, throwing the ball, doing whatever they're going to do. And the other thing I want to say, guys, is I think that we all need to slow our roll a little bit on Kenneth Walker. He's played in one game. You know, and sure, he flashed in the game before, but break it down. He had 20-something carries. He didn't even break 100 yards, and his first two carries were 50 yards. So that means basically for 20 other carries, he got 50 yards on the ground. Teams know what he's going to do when he's in there. And Seattle's trying to move him around. They're going to put him in the slot. They're putting him on the edge. They're putting him on the outside. They're putting him everywhere. Because they want to hide him. Because they know the more he touches the ball, the better chance they have of scoring. But I think teams know that as well. And they're not going to be stupid at that fact. And I I don't know about Seattle's run line. I think that they're more a product of catching the team in a really good play call than just mowing over somebody who's saying, look, we're going to run the ball. We're telling you we're going to run the ball. It's on one, on one through this hole, come and stop us, and they can't. There's teams that are out there that are like that. And I don't think Seattle's like that, and their line isn't built like that. So I think we just got to see what we're going to get with Kenneth Walker, and I think a lot of people are jumping on the hype train. You know, obviously you want to be on that hype train early, but it's just, you know, I guess temper your expectation for him. He's still a rookie. You know, and what's going to be a good season? He's starting basically in the sixth and seventh week. You know, so he missed a third of the season. So, you know, what's his end up of his stats and, you know, his touchdowns going to be and what are his expectations? I think the team also knows they're not going to burn him out in his first year. So we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be an intriguing matchup. I think both you guys had great points. But we're going to move on to our next matchup now. T you're up first Cardinals and Saints what do you got going on Cardinals and Saints T you know my matchup much
2: like what you were saying is going to be the matchup for the Seahawks Chargers for me the Cardinals Saints is the wide receiver core also who's going to be at quarterback for the Saints we don't really know you know Dalton may be the starter right now. They're kind of keeping him out of practice, but that receiving core is kind of tricky right now, too, because you have Olave coming back from a concussion. You got Michael Thomas, who went from out to questionable now, and we don't know what his game day status is going to be. So it could be that he's going to be playing. Now, for the Cardinals, Marquise Brown went down. He's probably done for the year. They went and traded. So they got Robbie Anderson over there, which is interesting. And then D Hop is coming. Coming back this week as well we don't know what's going to happen we don't know what to expect but for me that's the most intriguing that's crazy it's like Christmas morning right you don't know what your presents are going to be so we don't really know what the hell we're going to get with both receiving cores so to me it's just one of those type of train wrecks where you just can't look away we just got to watch just to find out what the hell is going to happen
1: yeah, spot on. Let's go back to last week when King was telling us about our matchup between the Bills and KC. Tons of content on that, right? So much talent on both sides. But King brought up, hey, don't be surprised if these guys don't put up a 45-44 game and it, and, and it's low scoring and, and what we need to tone down our expectations. When you're talking about the Cardinals and the Saints, it's the opposite. I know you think that you're gonna see probably bad football and you're gonna no, you might see this one might go into the forties. There's just so much offensive firepower and big playability and, you know, adding Robbie Anderson to the mix. I don't even, I don't even know if I've seen Robbie Anderson like catch like a traditional hitch route. I think I've just seen him catch 60 yard bombs and you're bringing him into that offense. You have D hop who's hungry to come back right now. And I don't know if you guys saw Kyler's footage in the locker room afterwards, but he looks like a, a, he could, he's at a crossroads right now where he could either Take put the team on his back and do all he can to get him and his coach to to the next level, or he could just fade out. Either way, I think we're going to see a good game, and I think we're going to see a ton of balls getting thrown around.
0: I agree, guys. I think that, you know, that's that's really what it is. I'm, I'm just a little concerned about how long it's going to take Robbie Anderson, not just to pick up the offense, but to get in sync with Kyler Murray. Because Kyler Murray seems to have trouble with guys that have been there even a couple years still. It just seems that you got fly paper for hands, you know, D-hop coming back. And I'm pretty sure, like 90% sure, the guy's ready to ball out, in shape, ready to go like he's in week one, healthy. So I think he's going to have a big week. I, I don't know. I just, you know, I think the the X factor here, guys, and, you know, no one really touched on it, was Alvin Kamara. And you look at him the last couple weeks, guys, he is putting up some serious numbers. You know, I know Bombo talked about it, and I agreed with it a million percent, and he was spot on when he said all these first-round and second-round running backs are taking a shit. And all these no-running-back guys who are fucking fading all the running backs till the end are looking like geniuses. Alvin Kamara is still holding strong. And Alvin Kamara was never finished out of the top 12. So that means he's been a number one fucking running back in these leagues and he's doing it again and he's proven it. He's running hard. I watched the game. I watched the replays of all the games because I want to see the players. I want to see their reactions. I want to see how they act. And this guy is running hard and they got nothing. They got no quarterback. They got really nothing from the outside, no receivers, nothing going. And they're in a lot of games and most of their games. So I think to me, I think it's almost a wash between the receiving cores. And I think the receiving cores are really good on both sides. But I think the X factor is going to be Camara and what he can do in the passing game. Because I think the reality is in the backfield of Arizona, I think that's where they're suffering. James Conner's already banged up. He's got an injury history, you know, and I love me some James Conner. I love that story. I love what he did in Pitt. You know what I mean? It's he's a, he's a stud. He's a man, but, Eno you know, Benjamin's been playing a lot. He's not a between-the-tackles runner. So they're pretty limited back there. You know, and I just think that Alvin Kamara is going to be the X-Factor in this game, but I think you guys both had great points.
1: King, do you think with the addition of Robbie Anderson and D-Hop coming back and Rondell Moore getting into it, now's the best time, if you want to be someone that acquires Kyler Murray, now would be the time to jump on it?
0: I I think you have to jump on him early, and I think that's a great point, Bombo. When you're looking at a guy like that, you you can't wait till the guy blows up and his value is just over, you know, through the roof. You want to buy low, you know, and that's just a perfect point. And I think you threw a fucking big name out there that we didn't touch on by name. And I just mentioned the receiving core, but Rondell Moore. And this guy's been hurt. He had a bad knee. And I don't know if you guys are watching any of these games with this kid but he's way faster than anybody else. Like he gets the ball and he just runs away from people. And these are NFL corners and DBs and he's running away from them. So, if they can scheme this kid open and get him in open field, he's, you know, he's been projected the last couple of seasons to have some pretty big years. And he's, you know, he's he's floundered. He hasn't done well. But I think he can have some spot games and especially now with Marquise Brown out, he's going to be the guy to take the top off the defense. So I think they're going to run him on those deep slants and deep posts and look out if he catches them because ain't no one going to catch that dude. So I, I I think it's a great point to get, you know, Kyler Murray early. Get him now. I think, you know, why not? With the way that the quarterbacks are sort of, you know, plateauing, I think it's a good term at this point, the Kirk Cousins, you know these guys who were doing okay for you in the beginning, and now they're sort of plateauing to who they are. This guy can still have some. He has some upside. Matt Stafford. These guys are plateauing. You know.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think right now, if because Kyler really hasn't been lighting it up, and all this talk about Cliff Kingsbury handing over the offense, the the play calling to somebody else. I personally think that they're going to abandon this attempting to be a balanced running and passing team, especially with the injuries. And I think they're just going to let Kyler just go nuts. I mean, right now you have to, right? If you're already second guessing the offensive scheme and you're probably going to hand over the play call, you're, attempting to have over the play calling to somebody else. I think you might have to just go backyard football with these guys and look at what you have on the outside and look at what you have with Kyler, and make it, let, let him make up with some, for some of the offensive line deficiencies and just make things happen with his leg and create some space, some time for the guys to take some things over the top. And I, I don't think them probably will in the end, maybe win a lot of games, but I think they're going to put up a lot of fantasy points.
0: I think that's what's going to, that's what makes Kyler Murray elite at that elite level is when he runs because he can run as good as any other quarterback in the league, including Lamar Jackson. This, that little fuckers fast and he protects himself. He runs out of bounds a lot, but that's after he got 15 or 18 yards. So, you know, he's,
2: he's their leading rusher right now. Pretty much King to your point every fucking year. No, I know. But like, OK, so against Seattle, he he only had, I, I think, over uh, just slightly over 200 yards passing, but he had 100 yards on the ground. So to Bombo's point, I mean, he is their leading rusher. He is the guy that you kind of want to go and and just let loose back, backyard football, you know, and and just let him do his thing. What I found interesting, though, is he made that comment after the game saying that this is the the most that he struggled in an offense since his first year in the NFL. And I don't know if they tried to make the offense more complex, if they're trying to do too much with him now all of a sudden, or what really changed. But for a guy to come out and say that things just aren't clicking and it it seems like an uphill battle every single week, something's got to change in order for him to just kind of let loose.
0: I think he just needs to get in a groove. You know he's like that every year. He gets into these spots. He'll get in a groove. He'll be fine. You know. So, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, he's getting D hop back. Let's let's have this conversation in a couple weeks and see how he is. You know, because he's been playing around with the JV and now the varsity's there. So, all right, good shit, guys. No, really good shit.